Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the Escaping Kasturbarus podcast, where we rewatch, reminisce, and review everything Doctor Who from 2005 to now. My name is Rich, and I'm joined by the big flappy ET monster in the sky. For God's sake, I'm just going to be the monster a, every week. That's, now, aren't I'm gonna, I? You, are, you are officially the monster of the week of the podcast. Fab. Fab. I, I mean, okay. Admittedly, Great. it gives me a way to definitively introduce you every week is to compare you Fab. to the threat. Wait, no, because that means that one week I'm going to be the absorbal off, and I don't want to be compared to that. <laughs> the big green thing that absorbs all food in the area. Fab. We'll worry about that next season. But welcome <laughs> to episode eight, where we're talking about Father's Day, which, yes, was two weeks ago, as of the yeah. time of. I went to Rich, release. is it Father's Day this week? And he went, no. And I was like, no, the episode that we were watching. He was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, we've, we've surpassed, we passed Father's Day, the actual Father's Day in the UK, which, like I said before, if we were two weeks early on the podcast, we'd have managed to do Father's Day on Father's Day, or at least mm. record it, which would have been cool. But alas, we're recording this on a Wednesday because of <laughs> other commitments. Stuff and so things. So this one's a bit late this week. Uh, but hello, welcome along. I hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all well and good. So, Father's Day. Father's, Father's Day, Day is one of those episodes that I don't. Not so much don't know, but it's not one that I remember. Like, when oh. I think back through series one, I, I don't see Father's Day as, like, the episode I always... I could, I could like, give you beat for beat. If, mm. Like, I could, I could, like... When we were watching Dalek, I could basically recite that episode I mean, word for word. I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> Whereas Father's Day is one that I, I, I don't... It's not so much I don't look back on with any kind of like nostalgia or like praise because after mm. watching it again and i said this before we 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 very much like phones away we will sit and just sit watch. And watch it like it's the first time yeah i i really really love this episode oh yeah me too i was gonna say that like when we started watching it i was like oh i like this like i really do like this episode i think it's so simple and it's so clever and it's kind of similar to some of the others where, like, they're better because not a lot happens. Yeah. But, like, enough happens to be interesting and there's enough of, like, a threat to be interesting. Yeah. Well, so let's give you a bit of uh, context, obviously. Assumedly, yeah, if you're listening to this, you've watched it recently or you know it well enough. Rose is given the option. Rose asks the Doctor to go back to 1987 to see her dad to see her dad die and initially her intentions are to be the person at his side when he dies but uh this is a this is an interesting like character study because in in the grand scheme of this uh, episode that's what it is mm. the monster of the week is is kind of relegated to the back uh, yeah. as much as we'll get to talking about the reapers because they are also really important and a really interesting villain in the doctor Who universe but this mm-hmm. is more of an exploration of Rose's character, the Doctor's character, and of course getting to know Pete 
uh, played by Sean Dingwall. Yes. Um, and sort of who he is, because of course we will have to get, we will need to know who he is. In the future. In the future. Um, so Rose goes back in time and she just sort of watches the, watches her dad die. And then for some strange reason, the doctor agrees to let her try again. Yeah, I always did kind of wonder, like, are you... It's, it's, maybe it's because he trusts her and he's sort of like, oh, if I tell her not to do something, she's not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, like we, oh. we've, we discussed about how Rose is a, is a really clever character. Like mm-hmm. she really knows her stuff. And yet in this position, in, in this kind of position of, um, you know, getting to meet somebody who you barely ever knew, um, there is that moment of weakness. And obviously the Doctor has that weakness as well, as you say. He probably trusts Rose to not be an idiot, yeah. which she is. Mm. And I don't think Rose would be an idiot in any other scenario. But the fact that her yeah, dad, who not. she genuinely never knew, is right there and she can touch him speak to him whatever yeah i mean i suppose opportunity it's kind of a like you know i you can't really say how anybody would act differently because no one's ever gonna have that opportunity to go back and actually save a parent from dying it's not really something that happens um so i suppose you can't really call her stupid for it because yes she was stupid to because the actually i think the thing she did more wrong wasn't necessarily saved her dad. It was the fact that she created a paradox by touching herself, wasn't it? I mean, no, that I know that obviously that, saving that her dad point, was the problem. Yeah, that initial that that caused the initial paradox. But when she was past her younger self, um, that that made things worse, exacerbated mm. the situation. I think the thing about Rose's character in this that I think is. The stupid because I, I did go through a lot of the episode thinking like especially the the scenes with um the doctor and rose in their flat when obviously pete's living there there's just this crap mm-hmm. everywhere i was there the, the whole time thinking god rose you're such an idiot and it's not because of what she'd done it's because of the approach she has to it she she must have some kind of rough idea about time travel you know I mean, as, Gra- as grandpa simpson says on your wedding day if you ever go back in time don't step on anything um because you'll change the future yeah and rose plays it off to be like nothing's wrong and like i think there's a part of her that you can see you can see it in her eyes that she knows of course she, she has does. done wrong but she's gonna no 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 kind of like sticking her fingers in her ears and and saying everything's fine it's gonna make everything fine she's trying to pretend that like what she did was for the benefit of like more than it would cause problems which you know i suppose you would want to think that if you just saved your dad from dying and what have you but she's also just trying to pretend like you know i know i've done wrong but like it's all fine everything's fine because i suppose she doesn't really understand the impact that changing something that small can have like like i said last week uh, right at the end of the episode this episode does a really good job of teaching us why you can't go back and change a lot of things why there are fixed points in time that need to stay fixed and why you shouldn't ever go back on your own timeline despite the fact that season whatever it is with jody just craps all over that but you know whatever yeah (laughs) so be it yeah but i think like i said I, i see rose as being very very silly in all this obviously she does come to her senses and she does realize what she's done mm. but then like i look back at exactly how i was thinking about rose and then i realize if i was given the chance to go back and get to meet my granddad who died when i was three i yeah. have very very few personal memories of him annoyingly only memories of him on his deathbed um if i were given the chance to go back and see him I would exactly. more because I I don't I don't I, I don't I never really knew what he was like. Mm. Like I only know what he was like from stories, and of course in that kind of situation you would take that and, and like you say it's not something that can happen. So Rose is in a she's in a it's it's a very morally grey area in the grand scheme of things she's absolutely done wrong, mm. but you can't really blame her no especially if you've seen time travel in in any other media in the past i've already referenced 
the uh, the time traveling toaster from The Simpsons <laughs> um, with Grandpa Simpson on Homer's wedding day saying, "Don't step on anything if you go back in time." As far as Rose was aware, as far as any of us would be aware, if you go back in time and you change something, it's just going to change the future. Nothing's going to happen in that spot. But obviously, Doctor Who yeah. changes that with the Reapers, who are an interesting uh, enemy. And like I said, they don't really sit at the forefront of the episode they are the monster of the week but they're really not the focus of the episode this is more like a full-on character drama with a little bit of sci-fi sprinkled on it's weird that's why this episode is not necessarily forgettable but it doesn't stick out as much as other ones but when you go Mm. back to it you realize just how good it is i think it's weird because like although i don't really consider them like you said, they are the monster of the week, but I don't really consider them the enemy. Like, I know that technically from our, like, from the Doctor's point of view and Rose's point of view, they are the enemy because they are the things trying to kill them. But, like, really, they're just kind of there to do a job. And I yeah. know that they're not really, like, the official job title of Time Healer or whatever the hell you call it. Um, and obviously in the episode the Doctor does say like my people would have stopped this like there's laws against this blah 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 but like they're they're there because like Rose has done wrong and I think that's kind of the heavy thing of the episode when she's sort of like is it my fault well yeah it is you've actually been a bit of a stupid person and you know (laughs) (laughs) it's your fault yeah I mean the Doctor even says this to her like you've like A I've gone and picked another stupid ape Mm which uh, is such a derogatory term for humans, is ape. Um, He uses it so well, though. He does. In a weird way, I really enjoy that argument scene because they both make very good points. Like, Rose sort of saying, like, I know you, I know how sad you are, you won't leave me. It's like, I mean, obviously we all know he won't. Yeah. Um, But, like, I don't know, it's kind of, it's sort of, it's like not everything is all happy-go-lucky all the time and you need to face up to the fact that you've done something wrong and you can't just argue about it until you sort of... It goes away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... Yeah, I think the Doctor being angry at Rose is much more of a... I'm not annoyed at the fact that you've basically doomed us all and, like, everyone here is going to die because there is... As far as the Doctor's aware, there's no way out of this. He says mm. this. There is no way out. This is basically it. We are dead. I think it's the more the fact that Rose basically betrays him, but not yeah. necessarily that he says to her, don't go and screw things up. I think he just has this pre... sort of this, this idea that Rose isn't an idiot. As we've had this whole series, we know Rose isn't an mm-hmm. idiot. We know Rose is so clever. And one of the best things about this episode, which we'll get to, is we can see where she gets this from. Yeah. Um, he's more annoyed that Rose isn't did- what he expected her or thought her to be. And didn't and, do as he said, for once. And didn't do, and yeah, and didn't do as he said, which is, uh, it's actually quite sad on the Doctor's side that he thinks he's finally found someone that mm. is not, obviously no one's going to match wits with him. No. In any way. Um, but he's found somebody that he can still bounce off. He's not found someone who thinks themselves as being the same level as him. Yeah. Like, cough, Clara, cough. Um, he's just found someone that he feels like he can trust. And but also, that trust has been betrayed. It's a nice contrast to um, at the start of the episode when she says, oh, if you can't do it, don't worry. He goes, no, I can do anything. And then at the towards the end of the episode, he's like... I can't do anything. There's nothing I can do. It's like real different two sides of the same coin with like how much a few sort of hours can change like how yeah. you do things. Because I mean, like, you know, a few hours difference changed the fact that Pete was alive. A few hours difference changed the fact that like, you know, everyone in the world was almost dead. Um, and it changed the fact that the doctor was suddenly like, mm, maybe I can't do everything. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a weird, like, grey area. You get this with doing any time travel stuff, like, mm. as to what counts as a fixed point, what doesn't. Like, 
as, as, as much as Doctor Who tries to play up to the idea that there's no such thing as insignificant people, you see this with the scene with, um, is it Stuart and Sarah? Something the, the, like the, that. The, the couple who are getting married on that yeah. day and they're like, can you save us? We're no one. Can you save us? And the Doctor does this whole like spiel of, you know, of course you're not anyone. You've got, you know, getting a cab at 2am and, mm. and so on and so forth. It's a bit corny. It's a bit like... Like, um, what is it like in later on in the thing that he goes nine hundred years of space and time and I've never met anyone that's not important or something like that? When's that? Um, is that David or is that Eccleston I or think, is that Matt? I think that's. Ah, oh, I can't think of. But that is a line. No, isn't it? or is that? Have we, have we already had that line? Does he say that to Harriet Jones? Oh, maybe. I can't remember. <laughs> I've but, just lost it already. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. Um, but yeah, there's that sort of corny moment where he's saying, "Oh, you know, you know, of course you're important." But then you have like just random civilians dying in some mm. capacity. In like obviously in Father's Day, uh, everybody lives apart from Pete. Everybody lives. Um, <laughs> no one, no one actually dies. Um, yeah, whereas if you had, back. if you had anyone that like you know some poor you know marine working at henry van Staten's complex get killed by a dalek and yet for some reason the future doesn't massively change it has to pick and choose but you get that with any tv show with uh, with time travel uh it's kind of why i know you haven't seen avengers infinity war but people who have yeah. seen it um not infinity war Endgame. uh go on about they try and explain time travel and how they how it how time travel works in the marvel cinematic universe right. and they basically just say Do you know what screw it Oh. You're not going to understand, so we're not just not going to bother. It's Fat. it's quite a funny scene, but it's also like, I mean, it, I can understand why they took that approach. If we're just, you know, screw it, mm. we're just going to do tri- time travel and just don't read into it, please, um, rather than try and explain it. But it's something that comes up in do- in the Doctor Who side all the time. In fact, I did a, a video recently. I think it was on, um, like plot holes we can't explain. Right. And one of them was about the Reapers, because obviously the Reapers in in the Hooniverse, at least in the, the new Hooniverse, mm. if a paradox happens, the Reapers show up and they basically kill everything within the wound. Yeah. Uh, which is what they're doing. As you say, they turn up to do a job. And that's all they're doing. There's a paradox in time. There's a man who's alive who shouldn't be alive, mm-hmm. uh, i.e. Pete, and they're going to come and sterilize the wound. That's that. And then everyone asks the question, well, then why don't they turn up all the time? Like, there's been a bunch of different paradoxes. The end of series uh, three is like, look, it's a paradox machine. He's cannibalized the TARDIS. Oh, yeah. Um, and so on and so forth. Like, why aren't the Reapers there? Well, and that's... A, but the the Reapers aren't there because it's a paradox machine because he specifically makes it so that it doesn't cause a paradox. No, no, it's a paradox machine, so it can cause a paradox. That's Wait, what, what one are you talking about? Series three. Yeah, you're going to need to tar- give me more than that. The TARDIS is cannibalized to let the Toclophane through. No, you do, the, I guess I guess you don't remember this, but no, you're talking no, no. about the master episode, yeah? yeah. No, he definitely says that it's a paradox machine to stop it, cause to so that it enables the fact that there's a paradox without anything bad happening. It's it's there to enable the paradox. Yeah, basically. so therefore there have, the there's been, there's been a there's been a bunch of paradoxes in Doctor Who anyway. What I'm what I'm okay. getting to <laughs> is there's been so many paradoxes and yet some fans who like to make themselves sound clever say well then why haven't the reapers turned up they should be here and the uh the simple answer and i I did have this in the script for this list it was just because if they just kept turning up then that removes paradoxes from the equation Mm -hmm. like simple as yeah basically uh and that's why they've only ever appeared here and they they work so well as a a one-time villain because of that because they could keep turning up, but we know from enemies that keep turning up, they don't always get good stories. Hence why cough, the Daleks... Cough, weeping angels, cough. Cough, weeping angels, cough, Daleks as well. They've not had many good stories in I don't Yuhu. know about, if I'd agree about the Cybermen. I think the Cybermen story Cybermen has always been have okay. Had, Cybermen have been spread out enough, but Daleks are just too iconic. And, mm. you know, oh, look, here's a new type of Dalek. Here's new merchandise. Um, <laughs> cough, Power Rangers, cough. Ugh. Uh, yeah, and that's why the Reapers don't keep, don't, don't keep turning up in, in paradox situations. And I Thank hope they God. don't turn up again. Also, this was a guest writer, wasn't it? Uh, it was. It, it was, was indeed. It was Paul, Paul Cornell. So, or Paul Cornell. Paul Cornell. Uh, it's not going to be... It was, it was um, Russell T. Davies' concept right. to do uh, an episode featuring Rose's dad. Because you obviously you hear bits and pieces about Pete mm. during... Up to this point, and then obviously now you get to meet him in person, in full. Uh, but Russell had the uh, had the concept, and he passed it off to Paul. Uh, oh, sorry, 
Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Paul. To do uh, this episode. But Paul ended up writing uh, Family of Blood and Human Nature. Oh, cool. In series three as well, which are also fantastic episodes. Yeah. So he had a really good start. And and typically with most of the New Who stuff, he started out by doing all of the, like doing a lot of stuff in the hiatus period. Yeah. Like fan stuff. And I think he might have done some big finish things as well and novels and comics and stuff like that. So he's, Mm. he's, he had his foot in the door because it's quite interesting to think that, that series one, uh, actually, I'd say series one, like probably series one to four, mm. more specifically, were built up from uh, were all built of people who did all their fan stuff. Yeah, like I look at it like um, Christian Whitehead being given the keys to Sonic the Hedgehog and making a good game <laughs> for the first time in like twenty years with Sonic Mania. You give it to the people who really care about the product and they can really turn out some good stuff. Well, and, I mean, and Doctor Who would. is a good example of that. Yeah, but moving on, let's talk about Pete himself. Pete. Uh, Jackie Tyler's husband Rose's dad who again dies or actually no he does actually die at the beginning of the episode come to think of it yeah he does you see him die you see him die once Rose saved him the second time and we get to meet Sean Dingwall's Pete and like I said we hear we hear dribs and drabs about him but only in this episode do we see a young Rose with Mm -hmm. a younger Jackie looking at pictures and Jackie telling him telling Rose all about how good her dad was and then this episode throws a big old curveball at you because it turns out that all the things that jackie praised pete for are actually things she hates about him (laughs) and that sequence with jackie and pete fighting outside Mm -hmm. the church and rose like like literally stood in the the middle middle of it it. it's really quite hard to watch it's not fun because, I mean, like, you know, if you've ever sort of heard a parent argue, it's very much kind of like, oof, oof, eh, this is not fun to listen to. Um, no. But, I mean, like, you sort of, it's weird because, like, obviously people, and like, obviously people can be really good people and when they die it's a real shame and people can be sort of, you know, whoever they are when they're alive. And again, like, whenever someone dies sort of, before their time you'll always remember the good things about them because why wouldn't you um and so obviously jackie telling her like you know young rose oh he was really good at like this really good at that blah blah blah. she's young obviously you're going to tell your daughter stuff like that because she's never going to know any different and you're always going to kind of regret the sort of things that you would argue about or like say they'd never done right or you'd feel guilty wouldn't you i suppose yeah. Um, so it's no wonder she kind of sugarcoats it but yeah to sort of be hit full in the face by like the truth of the matter I mean you know the fact that she wasn't hit full in the face by the truth of everything when she went into the flat um, you sort of get a little touch of it when she's tidying up because it's yeah. like you know why would you need to tidy up if your dad was this kind of amazing person um, yeah. I mean everyone's messy that's not really a thing but like you know, it's it's that kind of realisation of like, oh, maybe he wasn't perfect, but like having Jackie be that kind of harsh towards him and sort of saying like, oh God, you're a failure, you're this, you're that. Like, I can't believe you'd lie to me again about like sleeping with so many different women or whatever it is she accuses him of. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not really a, an ideal situation. And obviously Rose has to kind of stand in the middle of that and realises for the first time like, my mum lied to me all these years. Yeah. Speaking of that scene in the flat, actually, when she's showing the doctor around and you can tell that she's ignoring his glare. Mm. And she's like, look at the bowling trophy, look at the solar panels, look at the, the, the Vitex stuff, you know, all that kind of thing. I think not only in that particular scene is she trying to, like, you know, delay the inevitable conversation about you're what done she's goofed, done Rose. Yeah. I think even she's trying to go around and point out all the good things about her dad. She's I, almost I trying to lie whether, to herself. Yeah, I wonder whether you could have seen Rose walk into the apartment and, like, have that look on her face of, like, wait, this looks like a, a tip. Mm. Like, as far as I, were, I was told, you were, like, a really organised bloke who had lots of ideas and things you wanted to do and try. And you get that in the way that... Um, Sean Dunwall plays the character. Yeah. But in the sort of the mise-en-scene, as it were, you don't have that. And I wish you kind of saw Rose react to that. Like I said, you can you can read into yeah. it 
as if she's seeing it in that way. See, maybe I don't that would have been more of an interesting visual cue I think, to that. I think I quite like how she reacts to the stuff that's in the flat because you see the kind of evolution of her character going from like thinking he's like a hero to sort of realizing the truth. But it, she's it's like that kind of deniability of like he's my dad i'm supposed to think he's the best person in the world and also everything that her mum told her she wants to believe it's true and she doesn't really like know any different like all the stuff around the flat could have just been the fact that he was really successful and like doing Mm. all these other projects but she's trying to lie to herself and sort of believe that he is this hero that jackie has told her that he is um and so i kind of like the fact that she doesn't suddenly stand there and it's be like oh this is what is this because it's like he's still your dad and she wants to love him she gets the opportunity now to meet him in a way that she never would in the past and you know she gets the fact that she's got extra hours with her dad and you know she was a baby and she's now 19 years old and she gets to talk to him and she gets to like you know he realizes who she is and that for somebody you know in that kind of situation, you would just kind of be like lying to yourself and be like, it doesn't matter, he's my dad, like no matter what kind of crap he'd got up to and what kind of like stuff that he'd sort of done or whatever, like, you know, he'd failed at, he's still my dad and he's still trying to provide for us. So I don't think she's lying to herself in like a way of like trying to be like, oh no, I know best. Like obviously, you know, this is like, she's genuinely just kind of being like, no, it doesn't matter like what he's up to. I still love him, he's my dad. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. And it's, it is heartbreaking because Rose knows that... I think somehow, I think there's a part of it that knows that this can't mm. really work. The Doctor, bless him, as much as he basically detests Rose in this instant instance, instance. he wants this to work yeah he was still trying to do make sure that he could keep him alive wasn't he something pete can work out and again this is like rose's cleverness or where rose got her cleverness from Mm. even though you know he's a messy guy who jackie doesn't trust as far as she can throw him and all this sort of thing he is someone who's really got his eyes open and like you know when he realizes oh let's let's build a windowsill fridge thing that students would eat up and stuff like that like yeah he's always there thinking about these kind of things and he works out that he should be dead Mm. he can you know he he manages to read he he reads rose so well in the realization like i know that he has those hints of like rose shouting dad when he's about to drive into the the ghost car um and also when he asks her like Am I grey? Am I bald? And she just doesn't. And answer. she just sort of doesn't say anything, and he moves the, the subject on. And then I think that's the point when he has those first inklings, and then he he manages to ask her the questions. He kind of wants 
he, he, I think he, he already knows what's mm. going to happen. He's already worked it out, but he wants that, that confirmation, but he also doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. And that makes it all the more heartbreaking, especially when he says like, you know, what am I like? And Rose does that whole spiel that we as the audience are sitting there going, we know, obviously we know you're lying, but mm. even you can see it in Pete's eyes. Even he knows she's he lying knows too. It's not true. Yeah. And bless her. I think there's a, I think Rose's story sounds so far fetched. Oh, even absolutely. For like any dad, I think even she is there thinking either, you know, or you definitely know. And you just want me to humor you that, mm-hmm. that I will remember you as this person who would have been there if you could have been. But, Soz, mate, you're a, you're a pretty you're a, crap dad because you're literally not there for me. I mean, he's not a crap dad. Like, of course, no, no. I've got, I mean, I mean how I mean, old like, is Rose in this? Like, she's, she's only an infant. She's probably exactly. a couple months old. So the fact that, like, you know, she she can't really sort of say, oh, you weren't there for me because, I mean, like, he didn't really get much of an opportunity. <laughs> I yeah, mean, exactly. that's not to say he would have been. That's not to say he wouldn't have been. But like you said he sort of he kind of works out and he's kind of like i'd like you know i would have done i would have tried to do my best by you but unfortunately that's not gonna happen i don't get that opportunity and that's mm. just something i'm gonna have to live with or die with <laughs> it's interesting i mean i obviously like i said rose i think it was already worked out that he's definitely not like he's he's cottoned on to the fact that she's lying mm. but i've always found it interesting i'd always i always thought that in that scene you could maybe play up to the idea of like but you know you're a dad now you're a new dad and that changes your life you will you can become such a different person when you become a dad for better or worse yeah so like maybe these far-fetched things are things that you you, you, you genuinely can could do. do i think also like, that's part of the reason why she says it because it's kind of like she's hoping that from that point on he'll get to stay alive like he'll get to carry on because at that point obviously the doctor is still alive. The TARDIS is still kind of like trying to come back and save them. So she's kind of hoping that by suggesting it, he'll maybe step up a little bit and become the dad that she wants him to be, that he yeah. isn't at present. It's almost like um, in Back to the Future 1, when Mar- right at the end when he's got George and Lorraine together and Marty says, if, you're, if your kid ever burns a hole in the carpet, just go easy on him. Yeah. Like she's like planting seeds for Pete to remember um, in order for him to be like the best dad that he can be. As, mm-hmm. as the doctor kind of puts it, it's not so much what the universe can, what you can do for the universe, it's what the universe can do for you. Yeah. And obviously that is the doctor taking that to the extreme rose didn't and the doctor rightly quizzes rose on like did you did you did you only this? come with me because i told you time machine you thought oh cool i could get my dad back mm-hmm. and it's like the fact it's taken her this long to finally ask that question of can we go and see I don't my dad think that was it at all that was definitely not the case because i mean obviously we don't know how many adventures that the doctor and rose have been on um in between these episodes yeah like, it kind when we of get implied to, that there's a lot more when we get to after the next two-parter um, Rose talks to Mickey about how she went to go and see this the beach with the waves that were frozen or something. Yeah. And it's like, we never saw that. We just hear about it. So mm-hmm. we don't really know how long sort of in relative time that They've been together the Doctor and Rose point. have actually been together. I so quite like that. You, know, you don't really get that much in a more sort of recent who. You don't really get this sort of implication that... I mean, maybe it was a little bit in Jodie's series i think but like in matt's series for definite you don't really get the feeling of stuff going on outside of the adventures that you're watching like you always just kind of assume that 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 you're seeing everything i mean i know there is that whole kind of section with amy and rory getting older and going back and forth between like times and what have you um but it's something that's not really ever brought up like in the same way like they don't ever say like oh do you remember when we went and did this do you remember when we went and did that and I feel like it's kind of lost in the fact that you want to believe that they're going on adventures that we're not witnessing because that kind of adds to like the weightiness of their relationship and it sort of feels like they've formed this relationship outside of what we're witnessing and so the fact that he has this kind of thing with rose of like did you do this on purpose like the reason you've come with me and that's that kind of betrayal that he's sort of thinking like oh maybe i'm the idiot maybe i'm the one who's brought her along and got all my put all my trust in her when actually all she wanted was to use me for my time machine it's kind of like uh, i think you you just you you like you said you sort of jump into conclusions a little bit there 
but yeah. it does make it more impactful when they have this argument that's kind of like you know you can understand where it's coming from because he's the doctor's coming from a place of like i care about you and i don't want this to kind of like cause any problems but she's yeah. also kind of like you know i know you like i know you well enough now and it's like yeah that that kind of relationship is formed outside of what we've witnessed yeah so the majority of this episode is actually it's it's basically just like duologues between rose mm. and and pete like when i when i like i said i don't know this episode like back to front like i know other episodes of series one um but like i i so i only ever saw this episode if i had to boil it down it would be a case of rose saves pete lots of duologues pete kills himself yeah done basically yeah and if you boil it down really far that is what it is and that's why it's such a character study over everything else Mm. and similar to as we've mentioned this before during uh during rose and aliens of london world war three this is so family heavy yeah that doctor who just didn't do back in the day and i'm trying to think of like episodes that really dug this deep into the family side of things. Yeah. I think the, the most you saw of the family side after this would maybe be uh, Donna and Wilf and Sylvia. Yeah, potentially. Because as much as the, the Joneses were sort of relatively prevalent through series three, that you don't, you don't get to really get to appreciate family. their characters as much. I mean, you know, Reggie Yates played her older brother, mm. whatever he Once. was called, I can't remember. I think he's like in it once or twice, mm. yeah. And and for the second time, the the Jones is in it. He's just literally, oh, we're we're in Cornwall, yeah. And it's like, cool, mate, great, cool, thanks. Um, so going this deep into the family stuff, it's it's it really does signify that change mm. for for Doctor Who into into leaning more into this. I quite liked like, it. Family side of it, I like. I really like it as well. I mean, I, there were, there I- are certain like aspects of Doctor Who that that sort of go parallel with the sci-fi that in that in like future series i didn't like yeah um like more specifically the sort of rom-com nature of matt smith's era with with yeah. amy and rory as much as i love amy and rory the rom-com side just and the goofy side of the doctor just mm. sort Got of, a little it would, bit it would weary. grind me a bit whereas this because they because the the family side of uh this series these two series with rose jackie mickey and pete mm. It is so sparing. It it's perfect. Like we, um, I, I I stupidly mentioned uh, in a podcast earlier because I saw somebody in the comments mention this because I talk about oh when do we next see uh, oh, Mickey yeah, and yeah. Jackie and it, I said oh it's the Christmas special but no of course it's the end of the series yeah. we get to see them again back there so we get to see the the dipping back home and I can't think of there being any of the time we see like younger versions of like older characters no i don't think that so. are like so relevant to the story apart from demons of the punjab oh and but, apart from amy being young amy and apart yeah apart from young amy pomp but that kind of plays into the whole the narrative whole rather than just being like a standalone thing which this episode is yeah and it's i as soon as we got to the end of this episode all i could think about was rose telling jackie at the end of the series about how she went back in time and she oh, met yeah, dad oh yeah i forgot about that We've got to and get to and that, Jackie and Jackie just brushes it off because, of course, she she does remember that because yeah, uh, it cuts it changes, the episode, it cuts it? back to Jackie telling Rose, um, Rose, young Rose, because she says, "Oh, you know, the, the driver got away. We never heard from him again." To the driver was there, just a kid, mm. and there was this girl who was there. She held his hand, and nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew who she was, and she ran off again. And yeah, and I always look at that and think. Why on earth, Jackie, Were you did not you there? not go to his Literally. side? Literally, you're her. You're his wife. I was He's like, your husband. you can see that's your husband dying. Why wouldn't you walk over and like what? Mm, uh? As but, much as like, I, I don't know the exact moment that people forgot. Maybe when, because obviously the doctor says like, when this gets all cleared up, they will forget mm-hmm. that this all happened. Maybe when the doctor, <laughs> I was about to say respawns. When the doctor comes, <laughs> sure, he, why not? He does. He, he respawns. respawns when the doctor comes back. Maybe that's the point where they forget because obviously Jackie, like 
like I, I again this is something I forgot about Jackie hugs Rose realizing it's it's her and then all of a sudden daughter. doesn't know who the girl is and, and then you see all the people coming the out of the church is. and coming like what's going on who's that they're all bewildered like they look like nothing's happened mm-hmm. over the course of these you know however long they've been trapped in the church so I'm I'm, I'm intrigued as to where that point was like I said I'm assuming I mean, it's I- as soon as as soon as he hit the car and the reapers disappeared that was it everyone yeah, was back absolutely but i think it's also i think it's a little bit longer for pete because you see the realization don't you when he's dying that he's sort of looking at her because i think he's because he was the epicenter of it yeah um that he realizes for a little bit longer until he dies like you know who who it is and who's with him um yeah so I mean this honestly this whole episode I was just I just kind of wanted to cry for a lot of it because (laughs) like the whole thing of like losing a parent is so like honestly heartbreaking like for me anyway um yeah and so like just watching her have that moment with her dad when he realizes who she is when he's like oh my god you're my rose and she just stands there crying and hugging him and then they have that conversation about like you know the fact that he's actually meant to be dead and all this kind of... It just, like, was... I was literally sat there, like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, it's fine. <laughs> I think perhaps this is why they haven't treaded tread this Trod. ground again. Trodden. Trodden? Walked. Yeah, we'll go with walked. <laughs> stomped this ground again in Doctor Who because this is done so well. Like the characters and the setting, and like I said, the balance of putting the sci-fi in as well, which works quite well. Mm. It is a is a relatively like Doctor Light episode. Like I said, it is more of a duologue focus between Rose and Pete. Um, perhaps that's why they haven't decided to try. Not so they do something similar again, but like I said, the only time we really go back and see like parents of companions or um younger versions of say companions apart from uh, amelia pond mm. but again that plays up into her whole story character arc anyway um is demons of the punjab and that mm. focuses on uh, a past that um yaz can't can't quite believe when you were saying about how um like trying to pretend that everything's okay when things aren't as you know I was racking my brain trying to work out. I've seen something that plays up to this so heavily. Yeah. As much as I don't think Demons of the Punjab is what is in the back of my mind, Demons of the Punjab is a good example of that. In mm-hmm. case you are watching Doctor Who for the first time, Demons of the Punjab is an episode in series 11. 11. So you've got a way um, to go yet. But. It's quite a while <laughs> to go yet. One of, it's one of the, the best episodes of the Whittaker era, in my opinion. But we'll um, get to that. But we will get to that eventually. <laughs> um Oh, and um, the only other time you see, like, a family member who's dead is when they have the alternate universe in, is it Tenant's era, when Mickey gets his grandma back? Or, yes. But that's, but again, like, an that's, alternate that's universe next, as opposed to, like... That's also next season, and that's another thing that... This episode doesn't necessarily set up mm. those events because it's, it's a parallel world, but it introduces you to characters you will get to know yeah or you already know but you will see again which i i always think that the 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 use of uh the parallel world and and pete again is is just genius oh it's wicked i love love it it. so much yeah um and how where where rose goes as 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 her future plays out where she ends up yeah yeah positions she ends up in but anyway, but that's, again, that's that's something we'll discuss. Come series down two, the line. <laughs> series two slash series four. So, eh? oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> but yeah, the only thing that like looking at reviews for this episode back in the day, 14th of May 2005, they said. I forgot to say that. Mm. Um, the only real criticisms people had was the was that scene with the Doctor and the and the and the soon to be newlyweds. Feeling a oh, bit really? odd, yeah, about how that just felt a bit strange. The Doctor going a little monologue. Mm, I suppose it's yeah, because it doesn't really have much of a point other than her saying like, "Can you save me?" And he goes, "Yes, I'll try." That's literally it, it, kind of as like, much as it is very much the Doctor's thing. Like the fact that it's given so much airtime, mm, I think, kind of throws people off a bit. Then, it is a bit. It is a bit strange. I suppose. What else would you fill the episode with? like yeah. not a lot happens other than another dual log between like pete and rose you can't really fit that much more in can you so i suppose he no. kind of had to i suppose it's kind of shining a light on the doctor's character a bit more because it's like 
you know he's he's like everyone's important and like you know that's his kind of thing isn't it like everyone's yeah. important um and so it's kind of it does give you a little bit more of an insight into like who he is and how he sort of approaches people but then in the same like episode he's calling the human race like stupid apes so it's like eh, what <laughs> it, it, it's, I think it's almost as if the doctor goes through like the five stages of grief like he's <laughs> yeah. like first he's angry uh, and then he's he's kind of like I don't know I think the bargaining stage I think you mm-hmm. don't really see I'm guessing that's happening while Rose and Pete are talking and then he just gets to acceptance he's there telling infant Rose to stop being an idiot in the future <laughs> You're not uh, going to be and an then idiot. he just kind of and then he just kind of goes screw it we're dead mm. cool bro Lol, what we're done for yeah and then just gives up basically I also really like um, how in this episode you get to see what the TARDIS looks like like in real on the life inside, yeah because <laughs> he ever the TARDIS and there's no TARDIS and it's like it's a box it's like yes well done but the set team were like oh good we don't need to do like a weird camera angle we don't need to put the little i don't know the little black curtain in or the uh the tardis backdrop the one that's like slightly blurred we mm-hmm. just stick at the back of the box um we can just leave the tardis there but speaking of the tardis and we noticed right at the end the tardis moves yeah annoyingly as much as i think the idea of uh the tardis being ripped out of its shell thanks to the paradox like whether and obviously the doctor tries to respawn it i've always respawn it <laughs> whatever resummon it i play video games let me give me a break yes i know you do um like whether if the tardis did reappear within the church whether that original shell would just sit there Mm. as like an empty tardis shell but But then when we get to the end of the episode the tardis has moved to in front of like an indian takeaway rather than being in front of that like iron fence i sort of i don't know whether it can just be explained by the fact that like you know because everything gets like kind of reset it just gets dragged towards him because of the key in his pocket i mean because he he runs along the street makes his whole song and dance about running along the street to her and then all of a sudden it's like nope the tardis is three feet away (laughs) For some reason, when you said about the TARDIS getting dragged towards the church, my mind went straight to, like, the bin trundling along the path in <laughs> rows. You just look up, there's this, this big blue box, like, shuffling towards the church. With sticking out. <laughs> like, what on earth is going on there? But, to be honest, I'm not really sure what else to talk about for Father's Day. Because yeah. we've covered all the all the, the character between, with Rose, character of Pete, the character of the Doctor, because like I said, it's very Doctor Mike. The see character him. you could dove into is Jackie a little bit, but like, Jackie's very Even Jackie, isn't she? Jackie is Jackie, and the Doctor getting, the Doctor being able to tell Jackie to shut up and check the yeah. doors, and the, the big look, the big grin on his face when he said it uh, is fantastic. And that's, otherwise, yeah, it's it's quite, it's, it's a very easy episode to consume it's hard hitting but it's not overly complicated it must have been a real breeze i think that's why it works as well like so well because like the fact that the reason why i like this episode so much is because of that because it doesn't really try too hard it doesn't really do too much it doesn't have too many overlapping storylines cough cough benny and um (laughs) (laughs) it's um it's one of those things that it it just sort of like I said, it's a very easy thing to watch. Like you can just kind of appreciate the fact that they're all just stuck in a church for an episode. Yeah. Um, and yeah, all that really happens is a lot of talking. Um, yeah. Oh, you do see the bad wolf on the poster. Yes. Oh, that's right at the it. beginning in the episode. Right at the beginning, there's the orange poster. You see with it the, twice, is it like a smiley face? Yeah, yeah you do see like, it twice. Yeah, there's the bad wolf. Along with all the thatcher no term for thatcher things well, yeah because no obviously it's 1987 yeah um yeah you, you and, have this uh, poster with like bad wolf scrawled across it on the but it's very hard to spot because you went oh there's the bad wolf and i went oh where is it and it was only when i yeah. sort of clocked it i just i remember when as soon as i saw that scene i thought there is something here mm. there's something important it's the bad wolf there it and is. it's twice the because wolf. obviously they redo really that shot when they're like when they go back on themselves the first time yeah. um yeah, they redo that shot, so you do actually get a second opportunity to see it if you didn't spot it the first time, which I think is quite clever because it's not the thing you're focused on. Yeah, so that's that's Father's Day basically. It's a a very it's, it's a very much the sort of unsung hero of series one, mm. I think, because it was intended to be a small budget episode, as you can tell. But it's it's a budget episode that isn't glaringly obvious yeah. that there have been cuts, like you know the fact that we get. Uh, a reused enemy later on in the series which we'll get to very soon we get reused sets and reused locations we get a reused enemy 
Yes, Lizine. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about this episode specifically. I was like, we, no, we, no, 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 oh, no, no. right. You mean in I terms mean in of the future. budget? But it's like there, there are moments when you can really look at something and go, "Yep, yeah, this is very blatantly a cut cost." Mm-hmm. I would always, always, always cite the uh, the spaceship in Victory of the Daleks in Series Five. That's literally just a, a warehouse covered in tinfoil. <laughs> Trust me, I will. We will both be bitching about Victory of the Daleks when we get to Series Five. Oh yes. Oh baby, but uh, for what it needed to do. I think Father's Day did it absolutely oh, yeah. masterfully. Yeah. And going back to that now, like I said, I never look at Father's Day and think, yes, yes, this is one of my favorite episodes of the series. Because, I mean, it's not one of my favorite episodes of the series. Mm-hmm. But now that I've had the chance to sit down and properly, like, analyze it, it's what I'm enjoying about doing this podcast. Yeah, you sort of realize things that you didn't really analyze realize. This. And there's only, there's only one thing of Doctor Who I've ever, like, been told to analyze in a media oh, studies yeah. <laughs> class which we will talk about when we get to series three because uh, i can tell you the exact pi- point uh, <laughs> as to what i had to analyze and the stuff that my media teacher said for suggesting like Ooh. visual like representation in that particular episode like i said that's series three so please in the comments or twitter please remind me but uh, but speaking of the comments or twitter next week we are going to be hitting <gasps> Ooh. The big one, Ew. the big two-parter of series one. I love probably, this yeah, probably the scariest Doctor Who has ever been. Mm, no, I, in I my opinion, disagree. The first Weeping Angels you, episode, I personally you found scary. You think Blink? I think I think this, uh, the Empty Child, is next week. So if you are going into this for the first time, good luck. Get ready to hide behind the goddamn sofa because. I mean, as it depends as, how old you are because uh, we were ten. <laughs> we were 10 when this aired and trust me i'm so looking forward to telling you all the stories uh about the empty child actually more specifically the doctor dances the second part mm. this is the one i've got the more stories of um but it's going to be quite a good week Ooh. next week so i'm already excited captain to uh, to watch this and captain jack again we do this all the time we're gonna get all really excited about next week and we're gonna talk about all the things we shouldn't talk about yet but as I said, speaking of next week, if you have any questions regarding the episode we're going to be watching, uh, which is The Empty Child, episode 9 of series 1, you can let us know of, a qu- of any questions you have in the comment section down below if you are on the Who Culture upload of the podcast. If you are just listening to this podcast on whatever service you are on, you can tweet at Who Culture using the hashtag escaping Kasturbarus or just tweet us at Who Culture. Mm-hmm. I can see all the tweets anyway if you can't spell Kerberos even though it's the title of the video slash podcast but whatever uh please let us know if you've got any questions regarding what's upcoming or just any questions in general yeah uh, we really do love seeing them uh but until then thank you very much for listening to thank us you. ramble on about rose Stuff and Pete. for an hour yeah well just shy of an hour yeah but uh again thank you very much my name has been Rich. You can follow me on Twitter at PickupChangeToe. It has been Rich. What's it going to be now? <laughs> Sorry. My name's Amy. <laughs> and you can find me. No, he's he's going off screen. You can follow her on Twitter at... <laughs> Ames underscore Elizabeth. I'm going to do the outro from over no. here. You can, you can quite literally hear me distancing <laughs> myself from that comment. Anyway, we've Until it's been the- really fun. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Until next week, take care of yourselves. <laughs> Goodbye. We will see you very soon. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Come back. Come back. No. Please. No. <laughs> Staying here.